This episode is brought to you by Ariat. Ariat denim is high quality and heavy duty. Whether you're in the saddle or out on the town, it's how you feel in your jeans. Ariat denim is expertly constructed from the inside out, giving it a lived-in comfort that usually takes years of wear to achieve. Ariat denim, because fit matters. Central Station Podcast, where we bring you stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one, as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Danielle Hay spends 10 months of the year living out of a sea container on the back of a road train with her husband and children. Together, they travel to remote parts of the Northern Territory to drill water bores. In addition to administering the business and assisting with drilling, Danielle also became qualified to drive the company's road trains. While Danielle is the first to say that she loves her life, and she truly does, it wasn't anything she'd ever dreamed of. So, instead of thinking about what she didn't have and what could have been, this incredible woman decided to carve out time to pursue one of her greatest passions. If you haven't already, make sure you catch Danielle's first appearance on our podcast in episode 58. Danielle, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Last time I had you on the podcast, you described your very unique living situation. So, you and your husband and your two children are on the road so like nine, ten months of the year and you're travelling nonstop because you guys are water drillers. So you travel around to remote cattle stations and other places and drill bores uh, to find water for people and give them access to it. And you were explaining that you, you guys had kind of put a couple of sea containers together and converted them and whatnot. And I was sitting there in our podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, like smiling. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I had no freaking idea. <laughs> I was trying to imagine it because I had imagined them a different way. Anyway, today we're actually recording our episode from one of your sea containers. Yes, today we are in uh, my office slash um, toy room slash lounge room. Yes. It's so cool. So, we're going to have to take pictures for people. So, think two long sea containers, like long ways, and they open at the skinny end, not like the wide end. And the coolest thing the other day is um, your govy opened. I was sitting down at camp and I looked up and she's opened one door and there's like your washing machine attached to it. And then she wanted to get the barbecue out, but obviously the sea containers are so close together that you can, there's space between them, but not enough to have both doors open at once. So she just closes one sea container door and then goes the other one and opens that and out comes this barbecue. <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. And right now we're sitting, so we're at the Pussycat Boar Camp Draft and Rodeo. It's a Sunday afternoon after a couple of very long days. It's warm outside. We're sitting in here in the air con. It's clean. It's cool. Like you would not think we're in the middle of 
bum truck nowhere, as no. Miss Shardy calls it. Like, yes. No, we need to um, – we had to make it so that it was comfortable because we live in this, you know, as you said, nine to ten months of the year. So we need to make it nice and clean and I don't cope very well with the dirt and the dust. So it had to be something that was um, – can be versatile. Honestly, I reckon it's almost better than half the goosenecks I've been in and people's <laughs> caravans and stuff. Like, it is amazing. We we have um, managed to use every bit of space possible in these. So, yeah, things fold up, close, you know, so you can fit everything in. And- it's kind of like an episode of Tiny Homes or Tiny Houses, but not tiny, but kind of tiny, but not yeah. really. <laughs> Like well, we've tiny got seconds. everything we need, pretty much. Yes. Yes. Well, I like that. That includes like the thermomix in the kitchen and yes, to like oh, again because who knows how long it is between. I guess last time in the episode, I kind of understood what you were saying, but a bit of it was like oh yeah yeah yeah. And now that I actually know you and I've kind of been around you guys a bit more, I'm like oh I get it. Like yeah. you need to have everything to just in case like we're out of a town for for a month or so. So you need to be able to fit in multiple food and nappies and, you know, paper for the printer, for the kids' schooling and, yeah, you never know. So you've got to be prepared. Yes, and as I have learnt today, stocking up on nappies is particularly important for you because one of your children <laughs> is quite regular. <laughs> Sorry if people didn't want to know that, but... And then Danielle's a bit horrified. I just dropped one of our children in it. He's very regular. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, Yeah. you definitely need a good supply of those. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Now, we last spoke in December, so it's been a good eight months, eight, nine months. Tell me what's been happening in life since then. Like, where have you guys been? What have you been drilling? Like, what's, what's been happening? Life is hectic no matter what we do. I guess we like to be busy, you know, we, we're not the kind of people that stop and, you know, just have a break. I don't think that really happens ever for us. Um, but, you know, that's got us to where we are today. So we continue to um, keep going. But, yeah, in the last eight months we have been pretty busy. I've actually been pretty busy. Um, I decided that I wasn't just going to be a trucking, drilling, outback mum. I wanted to add something else of my flair to the to the project and I've um, started up my new business. I've been studying for a, a good year or so and um, I've just started up my own business called the Outback Trendsetter. So what, what kind of business is the Outback Trendsetter? So pretty much I will come to you, they can come to me, like we can talk online, but pretty much styling and um, helping people work out their fashion needs in the Outback. So you just said you've been studying for over a year. First of all, I didn't know you could study this, so tell me about that. And also, you guys are never in one place for more than not very – well, I mean, sometimes it can be a while, but you're constantly on the move and you've got two children, you know, a two-year-old and a – how old is – Eight-year-old, yeah. Close enough. I was – Seven. I don't even know how old my own kid is. I got his age right. You didn't. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You had a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. You drive a road train, you work in the business, and somehow you, how the hell did you fit in time studying? Also with the fact that you don't have any kind of routine or consistency in your life. No, I don't, but I like it that way. But, yeah, no, oh, late nights, early mornings, I don't really get to sleep much anyway because Theo doesn't sleep. So just kind of 
it has been hectic. Like I did feel like I was falling in a heap there at one stage. But I managed to push it through, get it done, get it sorted, and it's all up and running now. Is this something that you've been wanting to do for a while? Because I know we spoke in your last episode about how you are known for your style and being different and like not kind of blending in with the crowd and that's something that makes you you but I didn't know that this was something you wanted to do oh yes fashion has been a passion of mine for gosh since I could walk pretty much I've um you know always had a massive wardrobe always assisting my friends over the years so I it's something that I've always wanted to do like I I thought maybe I might have been a designer and started like doing that at one stage too but I was like no I don't think that's me I think it's the other side so yeah this is the way um, I wanted to do something on the side something that's for you yes something for me something I think that still stands out in my mind from our first episode is that you said after your time in the traffic controlling business you went to a careers counsellor and were trying to figure out what you wanted to do next in your life and you ended up doing a nursing degree and becoming a nurse but of course in the line of work that you're in now and the lifestyle and the business structure you have with your husband, Anthony, and the water drilling, it's not really feasible for you to work as a nurse. No, well, I'm still registered as a nurse, so I'm still employed by my company as a nurse and can still operate. Um, But, yeah, it's it's only us, so I can only help us in the nursing side of things. So I wanted something that I could do while still being able to be out here and living my life with my family. Um, I'm... And this was like pretty much something that I had been working on for years but didn't know whether it was going to be an outback thing or or what. I guess it was just, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just so passionate about it. I'm so good at it and I love it. And, yeah, it was just something that I really wanted to do. How important do you think it is for people, whether they're men or women, when they're in a, a business with their partner and perhaps it's more of the partner's business, not saying that it's more Anthony's business than yours, but more, maybe perhaps more their passion and their thing yes. and you're there and like yes. to support them but still very much part of the business. How important is it to have something of your own? Well, this originally was um, Jai was Anthony's thing. So it wasn't. I wasn't even meant to have anything to do with it and look at us now travelling Australia as a family. Um, and you drive the trucks and you help yeah, drill. Yeah, I can actually drive a truck now and I can get out there and get dirty and drill and everything. But I've, I feel like if you look good, you feel good. Um, and that's always been something that I've focused on over my life, um, which I think is true too. But, yeah, it was – I think everybody has to find something that they are passionate about and something that they – love and want to do and then you continue to want to do it this is a conversation that's actually been coming up a fair bit lately on my travels with a lot of and and it is generally women because often it's the man that is you know managing the station or or whatever and they've kind of come in from outside the station and you know that's the life they maybe perhaps marry into and it's uh how am I trying to describe this like I guess they're in the station on a supporting role like they, you know, whether – I mean, it's different on every station, whether you're a co-manager or manager's assistant or you've got a completely different role. Um, but often I've been speaking to a lot of women who I guess sometimes you do give up a lot to come out and live somewhere, whether it's on a station or on a farm, um, to be with the person you love. And, I, and I'm sure it would go vice versa. There's men that would have given up things to their wives as well. But this idea about having something of your own and how important that is because – 
if there's one person in the relationship that's really kind of like living their dream and, and kicking their goals and you might still enjoy it, but if it's not yours, like, I'm not really sure how to articulate, but I just think it's so important to have something that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I sacrificed everything moving out here in the beginning and, you know, it's worked out well for us in the end, but yeah, I still felt like I was missing something and I was missing a part of me and I wanted to be able to op- like offer this service to people in remote places that don't get it um, and, like, don't know where to shop or don't know what to wear or what colour suits them or what style suits them. And I wanted to be able to help people. Like, I did it before even being qualified and now I'm qualified. So, you know, now I can actually say, hey, do you want to have a chat or, you know, come and talk to me and I'm always happy to offer advice. I did wonder, I was, I was watching you the other day and thinking, so we're at a camp draft now, which is, you know, four or five days. You guys will be at another, you know, so obviously work comes first, but you guys do try and attend the events as you can. And before that, a couple of weeks ago, we're at another camp draft. So sometimes these events can go on here from like two to five days. I mean, sometimes longer, I guess, if you were talking like the Bark when the Barkley and the tenant one kind of yes. rolls in together, the brunette yeah. and tenant one. Yeah. Um, and Anthony's a mad camp drafter, loves it. Mm-hmm. The kids love jumping on yeah. the horses. <laughs> Danielle's like, yeah. <laughs> he loves his horses, loves camp drafting. Pretty bloody handy at it too, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty handy. But then, and you're here, and I'm, I'm just watching, I was just thinking about you at camp, and like, so Anthony's, he loves, I mean, you you like horses and stuff, but you're, you don't ride, no. and it's not really your thing to go, no. but you spend so much time at these events, and again, it's the idea of, it's where your partner is, where your family is, you still have a lot of friends here, there's still a whole social side, but it's not like, like the, the when, that you go out of your way to or go do something that you want to do in a way, if that makes sense. Like, would I mean, it would be like dragging everyone to like fashion week or something, I suppose, yes. the equivalent. So I was thinking about it and I was like, and, and that was because I'd known you'd recently started this business. I was like, that's actually so cool that you're actually, because I mean, if you didn't have it, then yeah, what do, not, I don't want to say like, what do you have? Like you've got nothing, but there is a lot of, yeah, well, doing I'm things. flat out anyway, but yeah. it was something like at these kind of events where I can, girls can come up and talk to me and even men, like I've, I've styled a few men too. Um, but yeah, girls can come up and talk to me like, you know, does this look all right on me? What do you think about this? And can I add this to it? And, you know, so I wanted it, it's a great opportunity to do it. At, at events like this as well. so and, and put something in it for you as well. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy it and I want to help people. Like, doesn't everyone want to feel good and want to look yes. great? Like, yeah. So without giving too much of the trade secrets away, can you just tell me a few things that you may be looking at when you're helping to style someone? And some people, I'm, I'm sure there may be somebody thinking, listening to this going, oh, like I didn't realise this was something you could study or be qualified in or how hard is it to throw together an outfit? A um, lot of people struggle. Like, oh, my God, uh, you're look, looking right at me. Yeah, like a lot of people struggle. Like I've had friends come to me and go, I've got a an event coming up and, you know, I don't know what to wear or what to do and this is the theme or, you know, so and a lot of people don't know where to shop either. Like there's, you know, now that COVID has pretty much killed our lives and our and our shopping lives and just lockdowns and everything all the time nobody knows about all these wonderful online shops around Australia that you can go to it and how to pick their outfits and and what to pick that suits them and their body styles so so when I'm 
looking at somebody and working with them, the kind of things that we look at is uh, their body shape, their colour palette, um, the structure of the clothing, the material, um, whether a certain um, style suits them better than others. I guess also like if they're trying to accentuate something yes, or perhaps yes. draw attention away from yes, something. Yes, I, I actually – I don't know why it came up in my – Facebook newsfeed the other day. It was a video. It was kind of like a TikTok style video, but it was this lady and she's like, I style over 50s. And it came up in my Facebook feed and I was a little oh, bit what triggered. Are you looking at? I know. I was like, Facebook, why do you think I'm over 50? But it was really interesting. I did watch it though. It was like three minutes. Uh, and this lady was like, three style tips to avoid it and you're over 50s or whatever. And I was like, oh, yes. oh, cool. Like interesting. Yes. Um, yes. and just learning about different ways, you know, whether like your waistline, like whether it kind of comes in under your, uh, breasts or like further down your waist or at your hips or oh this one was really interesting about um like pleated skirts saying it say if you're trying to hide a bit of a tummy or if you think if you're a bit um what's that word like you're conscious of that area you're not trying to accentuate your tummy yeah that if you wear a pleated skirt so everyone think pleats but if you if the pleats start at at like the hemline or like the top of the skirt, that'll draw more attention to your sewing. But if there's kind of like a band of like nothing and then the pleats start like ten centimeters down that actually the exact same skirt though makes a big difference. And I was like, correct. Holy hat box. I wouldn't yeah. even have, like, I kind of know some of the basic things. Like yeah. if I'm, you know, if I'm feeling a bit self-conscious, don't wear like muffin top jeans and a really tight top. Cause you know, <laughs> I'll just wear something really baggy. Like I know the basics, but, but, but baggy can also not work in your favor. Yes. Uh, baggy can make you look big. Yes. Yes. So and who would have thought? And, and a lot of people, yeah, don't realize that. I love either. to live in baggy t-shirts because well, when I went to college in the States, the sorority girls religiously wore like giant oversized t-shirts and black leggings and like their hair up in a ponytail, but they're all teeny tiny little girls anyway but i've just kind of fallen into the pattern of like when i'm out and about doing nothing and i just feel like a big baggy t-shirt that kind of comes not down to my knees but kind of like maybe mid thigh and then like black legs i'm like oh yeah Yeah. but then now you just see like hopefully some black skinny legs and like whatever else but yeah then sometimes i see pictures of me and i'm like oh oh no yeah yeah no well like there's lots of different tricks of the trade but um you know, don't wear stripes coming across if you don't want to look like you're bigger. And, you know, if you want to feel taller, you know, you wear stripes going down the body and, you know, without giving away too much, you know, there, there is a lot of things. There's a lot more to it than we yes. may think. Yes. Yeah. So if people want to reach out to you, like, how does it all work? Especially uh, because you're always traveling all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing though, because I can help so many more people in so many remote places as well. Like I don't just do remote people. I do have a few bookings, um, for when I go home as well. So a lot of people in the city too. Um, can you, if you're there, can you actually go into shops with people? Yes. Yeah, oh my definitely. God. It's like an, yes, um, what's yes. that show? Um, That's I just, I love watching for. all those makeover shows and I feel like, oh, you know, there's always that like, not snog, marry, avoid. Oh, there's one. Oh, and I just sit there and I watch clips of it on YouTube, like for hours Make, at like a time. A makeover, kind yeah. Of one. And yes. there's, I feel like there's ones with the two pommy ladies, and one of them's got her own makeup line now and whatever, and they're like fabulous, and they'd always be like. And there's another one in America. I'm gonna, I'll find them and I'll put a little voiceover in later. But there's, I just sit on YouTube for ages, and they'll take them shopping and be, and they'll come and they'll show them their old wardrobe, and they like literally take it, and I think it's like quite symbolic. They like burn it or something. <laughs> And then they take the shopping, they're like, and we chose this blazer for you and this is why. And they like yes. go through it all and Yes, yeah. No, definitely. That's like one of the part of the one of the packages that I offer is to be able to go shopping with them in a shop and help them and 
choose different outfits for them to try on. How but fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because clothes should be fun. Like sometimes when you're like feeling fat or flabby or just – I mean, I know people who are like teeny tiny skinny and like, oh, I just feel gross. And I'm like, honey, you're like half my size. So there's yeah. no reason. But, but like if you're not wearing the right stuff. If you're not style, comfortable and happy in yourself, you need I, – I really feel like fashion is a big part of it. It's a and big part of self-expression. Good. Yes. Like, Yes, absolutely, yeah. So if people do want to get in touch with you and to get, a, I guess, like an assessment and, and you know, start the process, where do they find you? Uh, well, I have got a Facebook page, uh, The Outback Trendsetter, so you can either send me a message on there or you can also send me an email, which is outbacktrendsetter at marangiwaterdrilling.com.au. But it's probably just easier looking me up on that's Facebook. A, yeah, that's a very long. got all my details on there too. But, yeah, no, available by phone, email, Facebook, yeah. Well, you've been doing some stuff while we've been at camp here. So here we are. In oh that and that's the best part you have your own internet pretty much no matter where you, yes. wherever you travel which you Lucky, need to for your business technology. and for your children's school but yes. this camp draft doesn't have service nearby I don't think there's even service at Top Springs is no, there? there isn't no yeah so you're about what two hours three hours that way two hours the other way yeah so yeah. 180 down a dirt road to Dunmara to get service and then I won't hit it tomorrow until I get to Timber Creek mm. I think and then you can get it at Calcringi or Calcring I don't know how to say that word but that that town as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. they've got it there. I'll just call it Cal. Um, but you you were sitting out at camp um, while Anthony's camp drafting and whatnot, and you're you're doing work for a client. Like yes. you can do it anywhere, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Available anytime. Whenever. Especially at three o'clock in the morning when the kids aren't sleeping. <laughs> well, I'm probably awake anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Now, just before uh, I let you go, I did say I was going to start the episode this way and I forgot <laughs> Danielle's dying. Uh, you are very stylish and you you did quite well in uh, fashions of the field quite recently out at the Hearts Range Turf Club, which is in Central Australia. But yes. there's a bit of a story behind that. You want to tell us? What story? The story that I wore my Zimmerman dress and won fashions on the field. Yeah, the one where you wore that dress and you won and you looked amazing. But uh, what else happened in those moments? Um, well, I wasn't really paying attention. So, and then they just called. I just assumed that there was just one category, but no. Women over 30 fell into another category. <laughs> was it, Oh, no, it's just like, like I think it was like so, something to, like 20 to 35 or something. And was it 35 and over or? Because oh, it was only remember. just, but basically Danielle went out. Yeah, I've never seen a fashion of the field done by age either, but they no. did it in age groups. Well, I'd, I'd seen them do the kids separately. Yeah, they always I thought it was just going to be kids and adults. Yes, yeah. So they all walk out there and everyone, you know, there's like eight or nine of you in the lineup and they, the guy, what does he say? Like he was saying something to you and he was introducing everyone and started talking to them. He's like, no, we've just got to make sure this is the 35 and under category. <laughs> <laughs> you just see Danielle. I was on the other side of the race. I was like, hold on, what did you say? That's what I, was, I said to him. He goes, 35. I was like, um, I'm not under 35. Uh, yeah. So then you just see Danielle like kind of shuffle off the racetrack <laughs> and have to stand there and wait for the next group to be called. But, hey, then you took it out. So. I was going to take out either anyway. No. I know. I know, I know, which I just thought it was so funny. I was like, Danielle, when we do your podcast, we're going to tell everyone that story. <laughs> yeah, it was a tad embarrassing, but I owned it. <laughs> yes, you did. You owned it and then you took out the crown or the yeah. flowers, flower yeah. crown. So, All right, so I will let you go now. 
because it is a last after the camp draft. Most of the people have packed up, they've left, and there's just, just a the select sponsors, yeah, and the volunteers, and that's pretty much it. And left, randoms yeah. like me, and uh, <laughs> so we'll go back up to the bar. But just just to finish this off, can you just give one broad? I know it's obviously very specific to different people, but just one broad strokes piece of fashion advice to anyone listening. So when you're out shopping. Make sure that you always try the outfit on before you take it home. And if you look in the mirror and you don't feel comfortable or something doesn't feel right or you're not loving it, then don't buy it. Charles Darwin University's Agricultural and Rural Operations team focuses on North Australian production and business systems, offering current real-world knowledge and experience by delivering both full qualifications and industry-required short courses. Courses at the rural campus are designed to develop the skills required for work on a North Australian beef cattle property or in the top-end agricultural industry, while providing a sound knowledge base in the pastoral and or agricultural industries. They have dedicated staff who specialise in workplace training and assessment and recognition of prior learning. They will come to you and they service some of the most remote areas in the Northern Territory. Find out more at cdu.edu.au. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or leave us a review. It really helps other people find our podcast. You can find our website at centralstation.net.au, where we have over 1,200 stories published from across Northern Australia. All of our podcast episodes, a tourism directory for visiting an outback cattle station, and training and employment resources. We're on Facebook at Central Station, True Stories from Outback Australian Cattle Stations, and we're on Instagram at centralstation.net.au, and we're also on Twitter at Central Station 6. To discuss this episode with other listeners, head on over to our Facebook group, Central Station Podcast.